Welcome to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. It's the classic Jesus music radio show. It's a look back at where it all began. This is Full Circle, looking back at the beginnings of today's contemporary Christian music. Now, here's your host, Jerry Bryant. Hi, everybody. This is Jerry Bryant, and I'm ready to take you on an amazing journey back into the archives of classic Jesus music. And starting us out, here's Bob Bennett. And come and see on Full Circle where it all began. Come and see. Come and see a man from heaven Come and see Hear him speak He has seen the face of God Come and see Come and see This Jesus of Bob Bennett, and come and see on Full Circle. You know, Bob picked up his first guitar at age nine, played a variety of musical styles, acoustic folk spiced with jazz and pop flavorings. His depth, wit, and honesty made him a favorite of many. Well, this Full Circle is highlighted by a special in-studio visit with a master musician as we recall the beginning of the Jesus movement of yesterday, and its impact on today's contemporary Christian music. Then you'll hear something from a guy who's just celebrated 
30 years in CCM, another guy who produces one of the best-known female singers in Christian music, and still has time to work on veggie tail projects. But first, let's listen to a husband and wife songwriting team known for innovation and timeless ballads, like this classic, Boundless Love, Bob and Jane Farrow, Farrow and Farrow. And then coming up, the unmistakable voice that blended so well with the second chapter of Acts during the Jesus Music Revolution. Matthew Ward. Boundless love, unending joy, this is my life, it's what I know, I can't believe that he selected me, Jesus my Lord, it's you I Jesus 
Boundless Love, Pharaoh and Pharaoh, on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. Our next artist is a study in contrast. He's intense yet lighthearted, intellectual but not pretentious. He loves the outdoors and the activities of the Rocky Mountain region where he lives, although he also travels in his own soul to search for the words and the music God has placed there. He's a man who's faced death and now savors every moment of life that God grants him. He was the unmistakable voice that blended so well with the second chapter of Acts during the Jesus Music Revolution. Matthew Ward's music is a complex reflection of God's message, filtered through the life of a person who struggles daily as we all do. Witty and entertaining, Matthew in concert breathes a welcome gust of fresh air through the Christian experience as he peppers the time with stories and quips that reminds us not to take ourselves quite so seriously. Now, as for his own remarkable gifts, Matthew acknowledges that he's always known where his talents come from. When it's all said and done, he says, I don't want people to remember me for my ability to sing, but that I always turn their eyes to Jesus. He once described his calling as the opportunity to tell his listeners that God loves us, not in spite of us, but because of our humanness. We're spiritual beings having a temporary human experience. All God's characteristics are equal and without boundaries. We cannot diminish Him, and there's nothing we can add to Him. So we need to trust God, embrace the process that is our life in Him, line upon line, precept upon precept. And ultimately, that's what Matthew Ward's ministry is all about, finding God's strength to carry on through the pain, uncertainties of life, praising and worshiping Christ from the deepest resources of our beings, and by faith, learning to live again. That was the message of the Jesus Movement. Here's Trust in You, Matthew Ward, on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. There's no 
truly a legend in his own time. Matthew Ward and trust in you on Full Circle. In the turbulent times of the early days of CCM, many of the artists had a focus on trust. With today being even more uncertain, you can put your trust in God. He cannot fail. I've been in radio ministry since 1972. After a tragedy in my life, while in broadcasting school at Southern Illinois University. And I had to find out personally that God can be trusted. During my crisis, He made Himself so real and comforted me, not condemning my mistakes, but loving me back into relationship with Him. And my life was so changed that I made up my mind to follow Him the rest of my days, devote my talents to showing others His goodness. So we're just reflecting on that trust here on Full Circle, featuring a look back at the early beginnings of contemporary Christian music. We'll be back in a moment. Global Advance is a missions ministry with a 16-year track record of giving vital training and resources to pastors and church leaders in some of the world's most destitute nations. You can have a part in touching leaders and changing nations by partnering with Global Advance. Find out more about this cutting-edge missions outreach online at www.globaladvance.org. That's globaladvance.org. Because you can make a world of difference. Full Circle. Welcome back to Full Circle. We're looking back to the beginning of CCM Music to recall a little history of the music that has influenced the sounds of today's Christian music. And we're recalling the passion of that early Jesus movement where so many lives were changed, impacted by a Jesus revolution. So let's take a look at one of those revolutionaries. David Meese was a frontrunner in contemporary Christian music, recently celebrated 30 years since his first recording, David, was released in 1976, initiating the career and the journey he's taken as a Christian recording artist over the last three decades. Now, as his music caught on, David began to play to sold-out concerts all over the world while composing songs that had become Christian household standards. From We Are the Reason, recorded by well over 200 artists in several languages and nominated for the Dove Award Song of the Year, to the beloved One Small Child, written when he was 14 years old, becoming a beloved Christmas classic. David has been a Christian music vanguard. His message is clear. Total surrender to God in trust and obedience. Like his biblical mentor, David the Psalmist King, David Meese seeks after the heart of God and invites others to come and do the same. Here's what he said. I'm convinced that there has been a tremendous urgency placed upon my life by the Holy Spirit, an urgency to get the gospel out to as many people as possible. I believe God wants me to go out and share the gospel everywhere, anywhere people will have me. I've never had this calling on my life so strongly before, and I'm convinced of it right now. Here's David Meese in the classic, The Man with the Nail Scars. Now stay tuned because in a few moments we're going to go into the studio with the master musician himself on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. The path to the one I see 
David Meese and the man with the nail scars. On Full Circle, where it all began. And next, a song from a guy who directs the career of one of the best-known female Christian artists in CCM. And still has time to produce, along with his wife, Veggie Tail Tunes.
Circle. We are his hands. Whiteheart on Full Circle. Well, we have a lot more of our journey to cover and coming up a special treat in the studio of one of the best known guitarists in CCM. But first, here's a guy who not only is a great singer-songwriter, but also produces one of the most admired gospel singers of our time. 20-time Dove and Grammy-nominated Nicole C. Mullen. And I'm talking about her husband, David Mullen, who doesn't have to take a back seat. 
He's been a forerunner of today's Christian music for a long time, producing some of the best-known albums, including the popular VeggieTale tunes. <laughs> Here's somebody say amen. David Mullen on Full Circle. Somebody say amen. David Mullen. Well, Scott Rowley, Michael Albrecht, and Alan Moore began their musical career in the mid-70s as the folk rock group Albrecht, Rowley, and Moore. The trio began touring with John Michael Talbot, Terry Talbot, continued on their own, releasing three albums during their six years together. Here's a Jesus music classic. Starlighter, Albrecht, Rowley, and Moore on Full Circle, Where It All Begins. Although we did not know which way 
Well, it's time for that surprise I talked about. Recently, I visited with the master musician himself, Phil Kagi, at his studio in Nashville, where we produce this radio show. Phil and I met and have been friends over the years during my early Jesus Solid Rock syndication. He graciously has lent us the use of one of his songs, Full Circle, as the theme for this program. So come on, let's go in and relax in Phil's studio. Hi, everybody. We're in Phil Kagey's studio, and we're talking about some of the old memories, listening to some of the old songs like this particular song. Jerry, do you remember this one? I still remember the chords. When I get home, I will see all The holy men I read about Peter and John, James, Luke, and Paul, and 
Brother Tom without a doubt And I do believe there will be King David at the heart A song of praise with every chord What a sight to see the redeemed And the angels gathered round Worshipping the a great song for you. What a day, Joe Keggy. Formerly with Glass Harp, and uh, that song you wrote before you actually left Glass Harp, is that right? That's true. Help me get off this merry-go-round here. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard when you get going. Oh, those, I know, it is. It those is. flying fingers. Well, we thought on this radio show we'd just feature some of the music of Phil Keggy and talk about our past, and you know, we want to take you back to where it all began. And Phil has been a part of this for a very, very long time. And, you know, uh, it's so convenient for us just to come into the studio here in Nashville and, and kind of reminisce a bit. As I told Phil at the beginning of the show, one of the main reasons for doing Full Circle is to remind people where we've been so we know where we are. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're on a road and you have no idea how you got there unless you have a road map. Mm-hmm. But there's some of our listeners who've, really never been exposed to the early contemporary Christian music. That's right. And I think that uh, this radio show is going to give them an opportunity to understand what a rich heritage that we really do have. Yeah, we do. We, uh, we've got some great memories and, you know, the times of the past, uh, going back to when it happened for me, when it all began for me, which was actually 69, and uh, my search through 1969, which led me to the Lord in 1970. Um, but uh, you know what a day you're talking about what a day there yeah I did write that song just uh, before I formally left the band Glass Harp we've been informally together ever since <laughs> because we still do records we've done CDs uh, recordings and uh, we've done some concerts and uh, we're close friends every one of us all three of us and our families but really I guess in a <laughs> sense Glass Harp gave you a platform People, okay. had, people hadn't heard about Phil Kagey before. Right. And then when that first um, little cassette came out, yeah, mm-hmm. I still have that as well as the LP. Where it said limited edition, the black and white picture of me in the field, that uh, Bob Combs took that photo up in upstate New York across the street from the Lovin' community uh, where we all gathered you know, to uh, worship. And Scott Ross did his, his radio program there and... Uh, Um, But, you know, those early days uh, were remarkable, and they they still, you know, they still live in me. They still, the memory of those days. In fact, I I don't even just go back to those days only. I go back 10 years before that and 10 years before that because I was was 19 when I became a Christian. Actually, 18, just going on 19. Uh, And I'm here, I am 55, almost 56. And I, I relive memories of the 50s and the 60s. I, re- I remember vividly things from my family, the farm in Hubbard, Ohio, and uh, growing up there. The music I listened to, my brothers going in and out of military service and coming home with a Magnavox hi-fi or a stack of records. And, um, and what 
stirred my interest in music in the beginning to begin with, you know, such as, you know, Elvis's music and, you know, uh, Jimmy Rogers, Everly Brothers, Fats Domino, uh, Bill Haley and the Comets, and um, Jimmy Clanton, you know, I mean, I, I remember all these records. I still have some 45s from the 50s, and, uh, and I spin them now and then. But um, the, the 60s were an incredible time of growing up. We were really uh, set up, though, don't you think? Because <laughs> things were so chaotic in the 60s. People were really starting to verbalize, uh, looking for love. But, exactly. But in all the wrong places. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And so what a perfect time for the Jesus movement. We are talking about some of our memories here on Full Circle of how God captured our hearts. There was such a passion mm-hmm. and a freshness in those days that was influenced by our great need for this loving God. Mm-hmm. And because um, uh, I think of the need, you know, to the, as Corey Ten Boom once said on an interview with me, she said, there is no hoe or no pit so deep that God's love is not deeper still. Mm-hmm. We were in some deep stuff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. We were, we're all searching. I mean, we were trying to find the answers in uh, drugs and uh, music and culture, uh, identifying with people that were heroes of ours, thinking that may, they may lead the way. Uh, but it was through um, a, a desperate need and a, a sense of... Uh, longing that God met us where we, where we, you know, he met us at our needs. Do you think things were as busy and so chaotic as they seem to be today? It seems like today we're on a fast train to nowhere. Uh, you know, I think everything was more com- compartmentalized for me back as a kid, you know. It was simpler. You know, there were no cell phones. I didn't have any bills to pay as a teenager except my equipment. Helped mom and dad out once in a while. But uh, it was simple. I didn't even have a car till I was 19. And uh, everything was uh, about music for me. Um, but then again, there were people who were in college and pursuing careers and various vocations. And, and uh, you know, the whole thing that happened at Kent State, uh, those who were slain there, you know, we were, Glass Harp was to play that day. We, we showed up there, and it was like a strange atmosphere in scary you know and they sent us home they just just go home you know this is what's going on here it's not good and um but i don't know they they were different times and i cannot believe that it's already been nearly 40 years ago from 66 to 70 you know 36 years ago phil was there anyone praying for you that you're aware of that that you can look back and go, you know, they probably were responsible for praying me into the family of God. I believe my mom was constantly praying for me, as she did all her children. I'm one of ten children, and so she did a lot of praying, no doubt. Um, in fact, uh, found a, a written prayer of hers asking a friend to uh, to lift up her youngest son, who's in music and He's in a band, and that you know, God would bless his music. And I had no idea that she had visions of me being able to serve the Lord with my music. And that that uh, that day came about. When the day that God got a hold of my heart, it was just the most remarkable day. It was it was a, a Sunday in February of 1970, 
and just a, a week or so before that mom passed away from an auto accident and um, the family got together because of the funeral and my oldest sister Mary Ellen took me to a, a service where I, I heard the gospel and she nudged me says do you want to go up and receive the Lord in your heart and I've never heard it put that way before mm. I was raised in a a religious home, but it was never that personal, you know, for me. I think it was personal for those who really knew God, who were a part of that church. But for me, um, you know, actually going up and kneeling down and inviting Jesus Christ to come into my heart, uh, I, I said, well, I tried other things. Let's try this. Yeah, I'll try this. I went up there, and really a miracle took place. It was soft. It was, uh, I mean, it wasn't a... a, a you know, uh, lightning rod experience, or what am I trying to say? You might want to edit that out. It wasn't, you know, a real climactic, uh, experience. It was, it was subtle and sweet and gentle. And I just felt forgiven. I felt loved. And I want, I wanted to know more about this Jesus. I started reading the Bible. I remember going home from that, uh, church service, Paul Deere's church, Assembly of God Church in Boardman, Ohio, and putting on, spinning on my turntable, The Presence of the Lord by Eric Clapton, you know, Blind Faith, Steve Winwood singing it. I listened to that song over and over and over again because I wanted to hear music that I could relate to that sang about my Lord. And because I think the only thing I'd heard before that might have been um, Spirit in the Sky, and that could have been after I became a Christian. I don't know what year that came out, but. And I'm not sure I, I, I know what that song, where that song is coming from. But um, the same year James Taylor came out with Sweet Baby James and you know, Fire and Rain, Won't You Look Upon Me, Jesus, Gotta Help Me Make a Stand. I thought, oh, he's singing about Jesus. And then, you know, I continued on with the glass harp. And I started writing simple songs of my faith, expressing my faith, like The Answer, uh, Can You See Me? And uh, we recorded. Um, we went on tour. I started praying with people on the road, meeting Christians, all, meeting other musicians who had this born-again experience as I did. Um, I discovered the music of Love Song. And uh, I was interviewed. All The whole Glass Harp was interviewed by a, a, a magazine called Planet Magazine, which was a rock and roll magazine. And uh, they asked me who my favorite band was. And I said, well... Since the Beatles broke up, I think it's Love Song. This band out in California. <clears throat> Jay Trix, the bass player, got a hold of that magazine and he showed it to the rest of the guys in Love Song, Chuck and Tommy and Johnny, and um, said, Hey, you know, look at this. They were needing a guitar player because Bob Wall had to, he took a hiatus, you know, or hi hiatus. And um, uh, so they needed a guitar player to fill his shoes for a few months. And, uh, he, he tracked me down on, on 120 Portland Avenue in Youngstown. Jay called me, and um, we got talking about it. Bernadette and I just got married in July 74, 73. And then one month later, we were in a van driving out to California where I met with the guys at the tent at Calvary Chapel when it was a tent in the early Chuck Smith days, and, and the whole... The whole Jesus movement was going on there, and all this music was happening. And I thought, this is, this is like, 
this is a a blessing, a real blessing, you know. And you mean we could still do this music and use electric guitars and you know all that kind of thing? Uh, it encouraged me greatly.
Turned on to the light. Bill Kagi on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. And in the weeks to come, we'll play more of those memories in our time at Phil's studio. Well, stay tuned. We'll be back with a guy who started his musical career by singing background vocals with artists like Hank Williams Jr., Amy Grant, and Roy Orbison. Global Advance is a missions ministry with a 16-year track record of giving vital training and resources to pastors and church leaders in some of the world's most destitute nations. You can have a part in touching leaders and changing nations by partnering with Global Advance. Find out more about this cutting-edge missions outreach online at www.globaladvance.org. That's globaladvance.org. Because you can make a world of difference. Full circle. Well, our journey for this show is about to come to an end. But I hope that in the weeks to come, you'll revisit us again and again and join me in recalling the beginnings of contemporary Christian music. If you'd like to contact me this week, send an email to info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's info at fullcirclejesusmusic.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have a prayer request, let me know be happy to keep you in our prayers. In 1955, when his family moved south to Daytona Beach, Florida, Lenny LeBlanc spent his summers on the beach surfing until he met some teens that played guitars. During the next three years of school, Lenny played at dances and local clubs around Daytona, developing his bass playing and his vocal talents as well. He graduated from high school in 1969 and moved to Cincinnati, Ohio. Former band member and a good friend, Pete Carl, had become a very successful producer and studio guitarist in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. He encouraged Lenny to join him there. After a few months, Lenny began playing bass as well as singing background vocals with artists like Hank Williams Jr., Amy Grant, and Roy Orbison. With much success as a background musician and singer, Lenny LeBlanc embarked on a solo career. In 1975, he recorded a demo and Producer Pete Carr sent a copy to Jerry Wexler at Atlantic Records. A few months later, Lenny's first solo LP was released. Atlantic saw great potential in Lenny and teamed him with Pete Carr. The result was the top ten hit, Falling. LeBlanc and Carr began touring with major acts. In 1980, Lenny LeBlanc became a born-again Christian, began recording Christian-themed music, and in 1983, Heartland Records released the Say a Prayer LP, which was followed by the person-to-person LP in 84. But in 87, LeBlanc opened his own recording studio on Muscle Shows, Alabama, where today he does his own productions as well as others. Closing our show is Lenny LeBlanc and New Tomorrow. 
I pray you'll see new tomorrows as well as you lean toward the Lord. Well, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky and let your light shine. This is Jerry Bryant. Full Circle is recorded in the Jesus Solid Rock Studios in Nashville, Tennessee, written by Russell Baum, engineered by Chris Shannon. Full Circle is a global advance and a JSR production.